before the throne of grace together. Father, here we are, oh God. We believe you as we come before your throne, oh God. You said he that cometh to you must first believe and believe that you are a rewarder to them that diligently seek you. Lord, we come with diligence. God, we come with faith before your throne tonight. And Father, we ask you, God, even as you've heard these needs, Lord, you said you would hear our cry. Thank you, God, and that you will come down to deliver. Father, we thank you for hearing our cry tonight. God, we've been asking. We've been seeking. God, we've been waiting. And Jesus, we're in a position, God, to receive. God, we thank you, God. We believe that the windows of heaven are open upon us right now. Yes, Lord, and you're ready to pour out a blessing in our families, God in our homes, God, on our jobs, in our churches, God. Hallelujah, we know, hallelujah, that you're forever looking on us, oh God, and you waited for us to ask, God. But you told us if we ask, God, that it shall be given. You said if we would seek, God, that we would find. God, we come trusting and knowing, Lord, that you have heard the cry of your people tonight. Hallelujah, the very thing that's on our heart, God, is on your heart. God, of every things that are on our mind, God, is on your mind. Father, we ask you, Jesus, God, to bring release, God, and relief to your people. Hallelujah, God. You said it soon. As Zion travails, God, we're going to bring forth children. Yes, Lord, we thank you. God, we know the harvest is ripe and the labors are few, and you're yet bringing forth labors into your harvest, God, into the vineyard, Jesus. Hallelujah, God, as we cry unto you, Lord God. We know, God, that you're causing, Lord, 
fields that are white and ready to harvest, God, to be reaped. We thank you for it right now. God, we thank you for the reaping of our sons and our daughters. We thank you for the reaping, God, of our parents, God, those, God, that don't know you in the way that they should know you, God. Lord, that their hearts would be turned around, Lord, God, and they would come unto you. Father, we pray, God, that you would draw them, oh, God, that's still out there, Lord, to bound by the devil, oh, God, to bound by these things, Lord, to God, that the enemy puts in their way. Oh, God, we pray, God, Lord, that you would bring an unshackling, oh, God, Lord, of them, Lord, their spirit, Lord, and their minds, God, that we be free, oh, God, and turn their lives over to you, God. God, we're waiting right now on you, Lord, God, to do these things. God, even those things on the thread, God, on the prayer thread, God, so many needs, God, needs of healing, oh, God, needs of emotional healing and physical healing, oh, God. Oh, God, we pray, God, that you will look upon those needs. God, we agree right now, Lord, that you're going to bring it to pass. And you said if any two, God, will touch and agree, oh, God, concerning anything that you would allow it to come to pass. And, oh, God, we agree right now as the body of Christ, God, that these needs, oh, God, will be met, Lord. We thank you tonight, Lord. God, move among us. Have your way tonight. among your body. Hallelujah, Jesus. And for this, oh God, we'll give you glory. For this, oh God, we'll give you praise. For this, oh God, we will lift up holy hands without wrapping up. And we will glorify your name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and clap your hands and praise him. If you believe your own prayer, you will pray. Praise God. It is awesome to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome tonight to God's house and his presence. And if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, verse 42 through 47. I'm going to break right into it because we have our church Christmas celebration. You can tell we've got a lot of a lot of folks here for two, not for Sunday maybe, but for Tuesday night. It's a good, good, good looking group of saints of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew 24, verse 42. Lord says, Watch ye therefore, because you have known in what hour. Your Lord doth come. And this know that if the master of the house had known in what watch the thief doth come, he had watched, not suffered his house to be broken through. When hurricanes come, we have warning often. And people that live closer or right near the coast board their windows up their houses. They get things ready for the coming storm. They watch the forecast. They're aware 
of what's going on. How many would say several years back when we had the first hurricane in a while come through, you were watching? Any hands, you were watching. And then maybe by the time the third, I think it was the third one came through, you weren't watching as much, were you? It's just like it's just, storm but you know Jesus kind of gives us a warning here he says watch you better keep an eye on things and because uh, you don't know what hour the Lord comes verse 45 who then is the servant faithful and wise now you got to understand he's talking to us right here and he, he, he's telling us to be that wise Steward, that wise servant. He said, Who then is the servant, faithful and wise, whom his Lord did set over his household to give them nourishment in season? And then it says in verse 46, very important, he starts out talking about watch, keep an eye on things. And then if you did keep an eye on things and you were faithful, it says, Happy that servant whom his Lord having come shall find doing so. Boarding up the windows, getting prepared for whatever storms may arise, not ignoring things, going out in the yard, pulling things in so they're not blowing around in the storm. I know it's kind of different, but, but I want you to think about that. Verily I say to you that over all his substance he will set him. Over all his substance he will set him. I want to talk tonight for just a few minutes in a society of advancing technologies. How to maintain faith, family, and friends. I believe we'll talk about this for a few different weeks, but in a society of advancing technologies, how to maintain faith, family, and friends. Dr. Parks, would you lead us in prayer tonight? Lord God, we thank you for your word. Through it, O oh Lord Jesus, you've prepared us. You've commissioned us to become disciples, to reach out, O oh Lord God. O oh God, into this community and into the world with the gospel. Lord, through this word that we receive tonight, oh God, allow this body to come together and prepare this house, oh Lord God, for a harvest. Oh God, we won't cease to praise and lift up your holy name, for only you're worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise right now. Thank you, I won't make you wait too long on all the wonderful refreshments, but I feel the Lord woke me up this morning early and uh, it shared this thought with me to share with you. The scripture says, watch, therefore, keep an eye on things. Let's, let's see where all this goes. And today we somewhat in society and in the church, we stand at a crossroads of an ever-evolving digital era. A time when the rapid advancement of technology continues to reshape the way we live, work, and connect with one another. The title of my lesson, How the Church Can Maintain, this is a little different, but this is what I want to add to it. How can the church maintain relevancy without sacrificing anointing? How can we maintain relevancy without sacrificing anointing? And uh, if we look, we, ch we face challenges with the digital age we live in and how we're going to make an impact in this world around us. 
I know during COVID we had a lot of online services and, and those were good for when we needed them. But guess what? We need to come together. There is something that happened here on Sunday. Windows of heaven were opened up. Uh, portals were, uh, angels were ascending and descending much like Jacob saw. And guess what? That happens when we come together and we become unified. But if we're not careful as the digital age that we live in comes more and more to be, uh, we will put less of an emphasis on things like attending the house of God together. We will put less of an emphasis on togetherness in reality. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober. Be vigilant. Be aware. Make sure you've got your eyes open because your adversary... The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you remember, if you were here on Sunday, Pastor Henry said this one thing. He said, in this coming age, you better have a prayer life, because if you don't have a prayer life, you will not make it. And, and then he goes on in verse 9, he says, Whom resist steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. As the landscape of our world is vastly changing, there is advances in technology, and it's actually, all, all the changing technology is rewriting the way we learn. Uh, fast things are changing, and uh, we, we look at the past decade or so, and with that, we've changed. Humanity has changed. People have changed. And to some degree, it has caused the church to change. Because, you know, I remember 20 years ago in church, 25 years ago, we would call for a revival and it would be most of the week. And then it decreased, attention spans decreased because of so much technology and we're, we're, we're focused on all of these things that suddenly... Five days of revival became a little too much with everything we've got going on. And then four days, and then and now most revivals are simply church days. They're not really any extra. And, uh, and not only that, preach a 30-minute message. I'm not knocking 30 minutes. So we can get a lot out in 30 minutes, but, but that's what society is saying. Preach a 30-minute message because I can't sit still for 30 minutes or longer. That's about the max. Perhaps a 30-minute show or a 30-minute YouTube video, that's fine. But pre... I'm not talking about us, okay, I hope. And others can't even refrain an entire service from technology. We can't, we can't worship without lifting. And I have to ask, does that cause a distraction from where we used to get with God. When, when, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to praise Him. They're singing great. Hallelujah. Am I really checking in like I need to check in or am I checking into this? I'm not just, I'm talking to me, okay? I'm not preaching at anyone, but is that true or is that not true? Deep prayer. Deep prayer is often sacrificed to the gods, little g, to the gods of technology. And 
If you think about it, Elijah. Elijah didn't have to contend with all this. He went to a cave and he was able to pray and be left alone. He didn't have a ping and a notification and an email ringing and the phone ringing because he was able to go in there and get a hold of the master and get in tune with the Spirit of God, what thus saith the Lord. And in today's times, we are so inundated with technology that I, I am concerned that we are not as checked in to the Spirit of God as what we need to be. We're not as in tune as what we used to be because we're tuned into so much, it's hard to zero in on what is the master saying. Hallelujah. As the landscape of life changes, advancing technology has also come from our... How many are, feel like you're a little old or so? And, and, and when all this technology comes, you're not as advanced as the new generation. I handed my phone to my, to my children, which are adults now, to fix things because I don't know where. I'll grab a young person around here and say, can you show me how to cut my screen off or own or delay or something? And, and it's very rapidly. They hand it back to me before I can even blink. And uh, thank you. And, 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 and so... I remember, some of you may remember this, when Windows became popular and Microsoft Word, I remember the first person that told me about Microsoft Word, I was like, what is that? How many know what Word is? How many use some Microsoft Google spreadsheet Word document at work on a regular basis, you use some kind of thing? How many need an email? on your job to work. 30 years ago, if they would have told me I had to use Microsoft Word, Sister Duvall, I would have said, give me my notebook, my legal pad, my piece of paper. I, I wrote all my notes when I preached. I never typed. I never copied and pasted any scriptures. I, I just, I literally, part of learning the Word of God, I would handwrite every scripture onto my notes, word for word. And I preached a lot of scripture. And, and, and I was old school. And I, I wasn't looking forward to the changes. It took me a while to get on board with some of them. I, you could say I liked to stick my head in the sand while the world advanced around me. Amen. Anybody like that? And, 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 but with that, looking back on it now, if you go to work today, the things that you didn't like then are part of your everyday life now. So you really, while you could stick your head in the sand for a little while, you couldn't stick your head in the sand for a long while and continue to advance in your occupation and your job and how you make money and all in life. But technology has been advancing so much even since then, and now it has left our workplace and it's our, it's coming to our homes and it's coming to our churches and it's began to take over those things and it, it, it the advancing technology has affected our marriages. It's affected our relationships with our children. How we raise children is completely different now than it was 30 years ago. 
you, you, I didn't have to be concerned about my kids accessing all kinds of things on, on the, I didn't have to talk to them about what they're looking at on the internet because we didn't have much access to the internet. I think the first thing I remember was AOL and, and it was like, and then all of a sudden you've got mail. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And I was behind everybody else. I got AOL when AOL wasn't cool anymore. Because we were poor back then. We couldn't afford a monthly membership to AOL. I think I remember my first email. We don't, I don't think we have any more. Crutch77 at AOL.com. And now AOL. Is there even still an AOL? Yeah. Yeah. There is? Okay, cool. You got mail. You got mail. So, so with that, we can't bury our heads in the sand to technology and advancing technology. It's coming. It's around us. It affects how we do business in life. And we're going to have to deal with it. But with that, we've got to make sure that as technology continues to advance, that we make sure it doesn't affect us spiritually and in 10 years from now, where is the church going to be in all this? As technology advances, where is the church going to be? Where is our marriages going to be? You know, are we going to have a conversation at home at night? Or are we going to... I didn't say that. What did you say? You text the married people? Sitting next to each other texting? Perhaps. Anybody guilty? I, I bet some of our younger couples are definitely, because it's a modern way of communication. And, and, and so with these advancing technology, you know, the actors in Hollywood went on strike recently. You know what one of their complaints was? They were concerned that their voice, that artificial intelligence had taken their voices and was going to be able to create movies without giving them credit or without paying them. Just make a movie with Christian's voice and Christian's got no control over it because AI or artificial intelligence can do that. And I want you to think about it. In the future, we're talking 10 years from now, where is the church going to be? Where, in, in all of this advancement in technology, where are we going to be? If we look at it in the future, act executives will no longer need secretaries. A robot can already vacuum your home. It's advanced even further that it can vacuum and then mop your floors. And the technology in these robots, I was cutting up with Sister Rowe, I said, we need to buy a Roomba for the sanctuary and it would remember supposedly every place that it goes once it went around it once and then at night it parks and then when we all leave it would come out and it would vacuum the sanctuary. Replacing a need for a person to vacuum the sanctuary. Artificial intelligence to some degree. A robot, if you give it the right numbers, can fill out your spreadsheets. 
It, it, it's all right there. Not a robot, I guess, a chat bot or whatever they're called. And in the future, now in the future, I, I want to ask, what, I just got to ask, sometimes I think these people in Hollywood have influences that aren't necessarily from God. And they created a lot of these things in the future. Now, I, I'm going to throw one out. What is a, a movie that has been very popular since the 70s, I believe, and yet it is still popular today and they're still continuing the saga. A sci-fi movie, popular in the 70s, still popular today. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. See, ever, just about everybody, how many's heard of Star Wars? All right, now I want you to think about this. I want you to think about, I'm talking about what people, maybe Mr. Lucas who envisioned this, I don't know where he got that from. Back in the 70s. I don't understand where he got it from. But they put a helmet on a person. Is that right? And then they connect this suit to this helmet. And these people have pretty much super, kind of supernatural powers, right? Now, I want you to think about this. In the future, AI being able to put a helmet on and connect a suit to it. If you understand the technology, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And, and, and it's already out there. And then you, these people put this on and have, it, it just needs a body to fill it in the future because the technology is going to be so much more advanced than our minds. And, and, and with that superhuman thinking, I mean, you won't have to type something in Google to know it. You will just think it, it'll record through your glasses, and boom, there it is. So much more advanced. Why would you need an electrician when it's all right? How do, how do I replace this wire or replace this wire? <laughs> if you got the right suit, it doesn't matter if you get shot. <laughs> But it, it's, you won't need a doctor. You'll just go up to the computer, and they'll do a scan. And you'll put your debit card in, or you'll pay with your, your little chip. And out down at the bottom, like a vending machine, will come a pill. Take this, and you'll be better in 30 minutes. Do you think that's the future? How does the church maintain relevance? if things like this are the future? How do we continue to have an impact if we've got robot soldiers, robot doctors, robot lawyers, robot counselors, robot electricians, robot mechanics? If artificial intelligence, I mean, there's still gonna be a need for people, I believe, to a certain degree, but you've got to think, it changes everything. What does this technology do to us? Does it numb your heart? Is it going to make you lazy? Since I used to, as a paramedic, I had to be able to read massive maps. I had to go through and find a location because when they called 911, we had to go. We did not have map, Google Maps or Apple Maps or... What is the other one that some people use to tell you where the Waze, 
We didn't have ways. We had to find it on a map. But now, after everyone has gotten accustomed to Google Maps, if the grid went down, how many in here know? How many have a map? The gas station has one. The gas station has one. Now, if you had one, could your children read one? We were taught to read maps. We learned that in school. We're becoming very dependent upon technology. And, and with that, with that, I want you to think, that can numb our hearts. It can decrease our actual faith. It can affect our families at home because we've become so technology-driven that we are not human emotion-driven anymore, that we are not, uh, that togetherness is not as important. That most of the world in 10 years will probably be screaming for a digital church. Getting my pastoring from a podcast and uh, putting my glasses on virtually and going to service. And I'm not, I'm not saying in, in certain places, in certain times, you know, our, our soldiers are serving overseas that we've got packages we're putting together. And the fact that they can come to church online perhaps is amazing and awesome. And during the pandemic when we had to do it, it was great because we had to do it and we still came together. But to become dependent upon technology, we have to be careful so the church and the impact that God is wanting to make in this hour maintains its relevance. Technology will, will numb our hearts. It will decrease our faith. It will affect our families and how we correspond with each other. It will decrease our dependence on friends. It will decrease our dependence on friends. I've got friends that if I have a flat tire, I can call and they help me out. And, and, and there's just a, there's personal connections that we have together that are very important. But the more technology grows, the less dependence we will have on each other. And we need each other. It's biblical. How can we guard against this happening? How can we make sure that the church is just as anointed in 10 years as it is right now? How, I ask you, can we make sure? Now, don't forget the enemy's mission and what it's to do. Daniel 7 and 25. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until the time of times and the dividing of times. He said that the enemy in verse 25 of 7 would wear out the saints. Is the wearing out going to be more an emotional and mental wearing out? Or is it going to be a physical wearing out? Both, but how much will the mental affect the physical? Daniel 7.23, the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. Then he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. Now listen, it will be different from all the others. This fourth beast will be different than all the others. And it will devour the whole world. What kind of enemy could devour the whole world? 
trampling and crushing everything in its path. It's ten horns, or ten kings, who will rule that empire. Then another king will arise different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High, now listen, and oppress the holy people of the Most High. Mission is going to be to oppress the people of God. And he will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. Think about that. His mission will be to change his laws. That will be his mission. And they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and a half time. Who could have that much control? Somebody who controlled technology? Perhaps somebody who controlled all the media influences? Could it be possible to control an entire world through controlling things like that? I believe it's possible. Now, how can we maintain reverence is my question. How can we maintain How can we keep friends, family, and faith first in our life as we do have to pull our head out of the sand and realize that things like this are happening in our world? How do we make sure that we're still living for God in 10 years? How do we make sure we're still emotional in 10 years? How do we make sure that we still have agape love for each other and care about each other in 10 years if this world, imagine how rapid this world is going to change in the next 10 years. In 2033, if the Lord doesn't come back, what is it going to be like? And what do we have to do to maintain relevance? What do we have to do? How can we make sure that we don't fall completely astray so focused on technology that we lose the grasp of the anointing that destroys the yokes of bondage. How do we make sure? First thing, Brother Henry said it Sunday. If you don't have a prayer life, you won't make it. If you don't have a prayer life, you won't make it. Now, I asked Sister Crutchfield this morning, what was the one thing she thought? Sister Crutchfield, what was that? Self-control. A fruit of the Spirit. You've got to have a prayer life, but you've also got to have self-control. You've got to have self-control. That means I've got to work on me. I've got to work on me. Now, the third thing is not just working on me, but I've thirdly got to have boundaries. With the advancing technology, you've got to set boundaries. You've got to have self-control, but you also have to guard for the times you know that you don't have enough self-control, and you do that through boundaries. And you use those boundaries, and you abide by those boundaries, and you don't cross those boundaries. Because those boundaries, while self-control is me working on me, boundaries is me protecting myself. Me protecting myself. Things that I will not bow to. Much like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Much like Daniel. They had, they had boundaries. They, they, they went, you know, they lived in their age. They did as they had to in their age. They did their jobs the best they could, but they had boundaries. Do you have boundaries? Do you have self-control? And if you don't, how do you obtain that and develop that? Because this world's changing fast. 
And then the fourth thing that I will say is we have to learn to fast. I'm not here to talk about the Daniel fast tonight. We have to learn to fast not just from food, but from things that vie for our attention and our mind. And we not only have to push the plate away, and that is necessary in spiritual growth, but we've also got to learn to fast from things. To fast from things. We've got to find our cave. We've got to go, I believe Jesus said, into our closet and shut the door. What's shut the door mean? Does that mean take all of my computer and my iPad and my phone and my speaker and go into my closet and shut the door and I'm good? And talk to God and call on God and read and travail and intercede? Or does it mean shut all that stuff down and off? Cut the off button. Now, when technology won't let you cut off, cut it off, you're in trouble. That's a scary thing. Christian said it's coming. But right now, I can cut it off. Right now, I can cut it off, and I need to learn to cut it off. I need to learn to cut it off and go into my prayer closet and shut the door. I love to pray to music. I love my music in the background. It helps me. But... This morning, after God had dealt with me about this, I just didn't do music. Amen. I cut my Spotify off and moved it to another place and went without the music because the music allowed a place in the technology for a notification to come through, right. which suddenly would interrupt me from that place of prayer I'm talking about us getting alone with God. I'm talking about not allowing technology and rings and beans and beans and uh, posts and comments and uh, Instagrams and all those things to disrupt your spirituality. But getting back to a place with God where nothing is going to interrupt you. To where worship is pure and holy and you're just in here. You're not thinking about anything but God. You're, you're, I just lift you up. A place of prayer where I'm not like, calling on God, but I got an important call coming in. So I'm going to keep that right here turned over. Oh, in the name of Jesus. No, it, it, it's a place to, to maintain what we've got. We've got to start to allow some safeguards, some self-control, and then some boundaries. What boundaries are you going to set? What boundaries are you going to set? Fasting for more than food. Somebody said that, fasting for more than food. And then lastly, and you have to define this for yourself. Keeping a pure heart. Keeping a pure heart. Because this isn't what the preacher's saying. This is a personal relationship that you have. And if the church is going to be relevant in 10 years, if the anointing is going to be powerful, it's, when, it's going to be because people, saints of God, made their mind up 
God's more important than all my stuff, than all my things, than all the technology. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus myself on these things. That's what I've got to do. That is what I want to say tonight is the way. We'll go further into this. Would you stand with me? The, the five things right now that are going to allow us to make sure that we're not worn out, that in t 10 years that we're safe, that our families are safe, that we still have a relationship with each other, that we still maintain friendships and connections, and no matter how advanced the technology gets. Number one, you gotta have a prayer life. Number two, you gotta have self-control. Number three, you've gotta set boundaries, guardrails. Number four, fasting, but fasting from food, but more than that, also fasting from things. And number five, keeping a pure heart. Keeping a pure heart. Could we just close our eyes right now, lift up our hands, and call on the name of Jesus. God, with all the advances that have come and that are coming, I want to maintain my relationship with you. I want the church to maintain its impact in this society. God, I want us to continue to grow in your kingdom, to feel your anointing. God, to be able to come in here and you touch us. You touch us and deliver us and set us free. In the name of Jesus.
your voice and call on the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray that prayer. Go ahead and intercede right now. Go ahead and travail right now. Oh, in 2023, we pray for life, church, in 2033.
Praise the Lord, church. In this busy season, um, this is the life Christmas party, if you just want to call it that. Just because we're so busy and so many of us have so many things going on, we didn't want to take another night. So, um, everything's in the foyer. Just please help yourself. We're going to pray over that food and just stay. Stay for a minute and fellowship with your brothers and sisters. There's a hot cocoa bar out there. There's plenty of food and everything. All the plates and everything are out there. So, and Pastor will bless the food. All right. All right. Praise God. Let's, let's get her ready to eat. I'm going to ask Brother Damon Banks if he would stand lead us in prayer tonight, praying over this fellowship, breaking bread together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity where we can come together as one, unified, Lord Jesus, in your name today. Mighty Father, bless the food that we're about to receive in the hands that prepared it. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Shake hands, greet each other, stick around for a few minutes. It's early tonight. The pastor preached a relatively short message. God bless you in Jesus' name.